Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and podcast. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, January 7th, 2023. And I'm very happy to be welcoming you back for a new year after a little break. Thank you to those of you who caught up on the archives during this um, brief hiatus, and it's always nice to take a little break sometimes, and it, we, of course, have the new energy of the new year. This show, by the way, for those of you listening in the podcast on a syndicate, um, regularly airs live at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Blog Talk Radio, and you can always learn all about the show at FrontierBeyondFear.com and also um, see the archive there as well. Today, I'm going to talk about a personal experience and a general experience and also a very specific experience that a lot of people observed last week. Um, And that has to do with falling, or a setback, or an accident, or something very unexpected that occurs that takes us down in some way, or seems to, and it can be very direct. In my case, it was actually New Year's Day, just last Sunday, when I fell, I was looking at the path ahead. There's a lesson here. Um, making sure that I was taking a safe path ahead. But somehow, I didn't see what was right at my feet and what I wasn't looking for at all, an unexpected obstacle, and I tripped. Not only did I trip, I fell forward and fell quite hard on the concrete and hit my my chin and, um, you know, I was bruised up in other ways. So what happened in that moment? And here I am with you today, thankfully. Some things happened later when I reflected upon the fall. I knew when I hit the ground, this was scary. And this is a program about fear. And we will experience frightening situations and when we don't expect it at all. 
someone was driving near and had paused. Um, I couldn't see them right then, but um, the first thing I did was, well, I thought, you know, I hadn't fallen. I couldn't remember ever falling quite like that. And, you know, we've all had falls um, at different times. Um, I We all know of situations. In fact, I have two loved ones in my life who falls really um, led to either a total change in life or really the end of life, which was just a progression right to the end. That was what set it off. So falls can be frightening. They can end up in all kinds of ways. And I realized I had hit, um, you know, this was unusual. So you do a very quick, I mean, you're still here. That's the number one. I wasn't unconscious. I wasn't. Um, you know, I seemed, um, I was rattled, but I, I managed to get up very quickly. I did a quick assessment and I got up, brushed myself off and saw that someone was watching, thankfully. So we had someone in my case who was clearly paying attention to what had happened from a car and no doubt would have called someone or assisted had I needed it. And I took a few steps and decided to keep going to my destination and because um, it wasn't that far. And um, I was just going to get my mail. That was what I was doing. I mean, I do a lot of walking um, in a given year, and there are all kinds of obstacles, which is also a lesson. And here in this innocuous setting, um, you know, I fell. Well, I signaled the woman who was watching me and gave her, you know, kind of a thumbs up that, hey, I'm I'm okay. And um, I, you know, hadn't, I seemed okay. I was shaken up and I was still assessing myself and I was, um, I continued to, to go to get my mail because I really needed to and I got it. And I thought it was a good way. I was very carefully walking to get a feel for how I was. And, you know, that's also kind of a lesson. And, you know, I'm not giving any advice. Let's be clear on this program. I'm talking about my own personal experience and decisions. And others might make other decisions in this circumstance. But um, I had the tendency, in fact, I was happy that I could get up so easily and, you know, walked a short distance. I wasn't going to go for a long walk or anything like that. Um, and, um, you know, got home and, um, you know, continued to assess the situation. And thankfully, I was okay. But I have had, you know, some bumps and bruises and the scrapes and, um you know, soreness in the last week, and every day I have taken it easy and steadily improved. So I'm thankful. Probably quite quickly, that was one of the first things that came out of it, and this is a lesson about falls in different ways, which we will discuss, um, was gratitude. I think many of us can attest that when one, when either we ourselves experience 
a health situation or some setback, there is this feeling of, thank goodness it wasn't worse. But there's also uncertainty. You know, I I felt okay, but I made sure that someone knew, you know, the relative knew that I had fallen, you know, and that I would um, call them in the morning. You know, I kept an eye on things, and I had some uncertainty, but um, I was really fortunate in the way that I fell um, that I was okay. And, you know, it's just I've had a quiet week intentionally doing some of my work, and I'm here today. There was never any reason not to be. There could have been had it been worse. So gratitude comes to us. Sometimes it is very bad. And even in those situations, and I've been through them with other people, um, there is always something in the midst of difficulty, no matter what it is. We always really can find something to be thankful for. And that sounds like it's kind of belittling the difficulty, And it can come across in um, somewhat as if we're not empathic about the difficulty that people go through. And it's not about that. It's not about lack of empathy. It is actually something that is true. You You find something in the midst of the hardship where, you know, last week before you weren't even thinking about this difficulty and now here you have it in front of you. You find things that give you strength and hope. And, you know, love emerges in the midst of what happens. And so many things that are good come through a trial. I've talked on this program about um, various health Challenges um, really being a part of my own spiritual awakening, including at the time a head injury, where that was way more direct. Um, And although it was, as I've talked about, a bit of a perfect storm at the time, and I'm not going to go back and reiterate all of that, but here is an example where that, along with some another life-threatening situation I faced, a, a, a wake-up call, so to speak, um, almost 20 years ago. Actually, you know what? We're in 2023, so it's now very close to being officially 20. Actually, that particular thing happened even more than 20 years ago, but it was pivotal in my awakening, even though there was difficulty along the way, but I would not be here on this program or speaking in this way at all if not for what happened to me um, 20 to 21 years ago. So that's something to be thankful for, even though that was a very challenging time. And even before that, I was not, I was having more um, difficulties with my health, and then things changed. Things changed in my life. So even with all of that, 
the unexpected can occur, like the fall. And what's so interesting is it is true. I walk on paths, you know, where there are protruding rocks at times and, you know, places where you'd be more likely to fall. I actually felt that I was trying to think, you know, I, I've fallen, slipped on the ice in the past within the last couple of years I can think of of a fall that also I was think that was amazing too that one um, wasn't quite as scary because I fell back but the way that my glasses fell practically in my hands in fact here's another thing about this fall um, I before I set out in fact recently I felt like you know I need to wear some different glasses when I'm walking mostly if you like hit a branch. I haven't really been thinking about falling, although yeah, falling too. But just um, more—they're more sturdy. These glasses that I have, and they're the same prescription. So um, I had intentionally changed my glasses before setting out, and had I not, um, my glasses would have flown off my head most likely, and possibly they could have broken. Even though in the past I did think it was quite miraculous. And there's another word that's important, the little miracles that happen. Um, I feel that it could have been worse and that it was a miracle. Had it been worse, um, then it would have been worse. And it was a part of my journey. Um, just like we've all known of people, I'm sure, whose lives have been significantly changed from a fall or an accident um, or even ended. And we have to trust in our spiritual journey. In fact, even during the hours after and before I went to sleep, I could feel myself. I literally said, trust you. I trust in the divine. I trust in my spiritual journey. I trust in my soul path. And there's this notion of prayer, which I will discuss within the context of something else that happened last week that every a lot of people were observing um, the nature of prayer and I know that I have people coming from multiple spiritual persuasions here and we need not be afraid of that concept of prayer we lose sight that um it is true that we are inseparable from the omnipresent divine. There is no way that God cannot be somewhere, including in us. And we often get that confused as well. That doesn't mean that on this earth we aren't blinded to that. And I believe we intentionally, as souls, have chosen to blind ourselves to the greater reality so that we can create and learn and grow as souls. This is a learning experience here. So even when we believe this, there are higher aspects as well. There are different aspects of the divine. And if you feel that you would like to pray, pray. And we saw an example, and I did too last week after I fell. But I also trusted. In fact, I, I'm realizing as I talk, and I'll probably add them after the program for those of you listening in the podcast, that there are more tags I'd like to add to this program. There are, I had already thought, well, I forgot healing. I forgot gratitude. I'm forgetting trust. 
There are so many things that have come up for me in this past week because of what happened. And when it comes to prayer, let's talk about another thing that happened last week. And I happened to catch it. It just so happens that I am a football fan, having been raised that way from Um, In my household, or fairly young, you know, we had sports talk on the radio or we were, you know, watching football. So I had some awareness, although I'm not such a football fan that I turn every game on. I'm not quite that into it. But there was nothing on on Monday night, and I was kind of done with my work. And I thought, I'll turn on Monday night football. So I actually came into this without knowing what was going on. And a lot of people heard about it later, but I came in after probably an hour, I don't know, close to an hour after something happened where a player collapsed on the field. And, um, you know, this player, Damar Hamlin, his heart stopped of the Buffalo Bills. And I can't quite recall everything that was happening right when I came in because I've seen other reports since. So it kind of um, um, it makes it difficult for me to remember what exactly was on the screen when I came in. But everybody was praying. I do remember that. Um, I just don't remember which images I saw live. Um, at that time, but there were people praying on the field, and they were going backwards and showing images. In fact, I think they showed that, and they were, at the time I came in, I think they were trying to decide when to restart the game. So some of these images, or if, these images were going backwards, showing all these people praying on the field together, players and coaches from both teams, the the stand silenced. I mean, I missed some of these prayers, apparently they were praying on ESPN. In fact, I'm getting tingles just talking about this, how somehow, despite all of our differences, and do you really believe that everybody out there believed exactly the same way spiritually? I don't think so. But they they were able to participate in this community of prayer. And it looked really bleak here. And right before the show today, I checked, and, you know, this player, DeMar, has um, been recovering. And apparently now, you know, he came awake at some point, and the first thing he asked was, did we win? (laughs) And, yeah, we could look at um, higher – we could – in fact, I think it was the Buffalo Bills coach that said, you know, there – or maybe it was um, a different coach. Anyways. People have said there are bigger things than football. Well, obviously. And, you know, there have been various controversies swirling around this whole situation. Um, I do think it's fair to say, as a person with a scientific background, and I will say this honestly because I think it's important, that in any case where someone has a an incident like that, they should be just honestly, without judgment, looking at all possible contributors to what that was. And we need to to let go the the um, the angst around that. I mean, that's just logical and okay. And we need to um, to allow that. That that doesn't mean that we don't have compassion for the situation, but it's totally normal to want to know 
you know, why did this happen? How did this happen? Even in my own case, when I fell on, so I went back and I didn't know what I had tripped on. I went back and looked and and saw. So um, that's okay. But I think what we're seeing here is something truly miraculous. Some people have said that the amount of prayer may have helped with the outcome, and there have been scientific studies on just that. Was everyone praying in the same way? Was everyone reaching out to the divine? Maybe some people didn't believe in the divine at all, and they found a different way to pray. I'm sure they weren't all praying in the same way. But there is something that happened last week, and it was miraculous. It wasn't just miraculous because the player is recovering, and he has shown himself, this came up right away, how he had, you know, heartfully given back to his community. He wasn't a major star or anything. He was a relatively new player, and yet he wanted to help, he said, you know, the places where he had come from, and he was helping with this toy drive, and apparently, I don't even know what it's at now, but there were like millions of dollars contributed to this foundation supporting his toy drive, but you could see what a good heart, what a what a generous soul. We came together. We came together over this. And that's a miracle. And that's an example of after a fall thing that happened in our own lives. We can be thankful for our resilience. I really was thankful. Like, wow, I did get right up and I did, you know, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have judged. There's no judgment for that. I would have been injured and I would have dealt with that in my own way. I might have been off the planet. I may not have made it through. When you fall, there are no guarantees. That's where, for me, it was about trusting my soul journey. I trust you to say that to the divine, to trust, to know that we are here for a reason, how we are here is for a reason, and how long we are here is for a reason. And I truly believe that And I've believed this a long time. Nobody leaves this earth any sooner or later than what simply is and what is intended and that we're not here alone and that we are on a soul journey with other souls and there are lessons they learn too from whatever we are experiencing. It's a group exercise. There are Soul agreements, another word. I could tag this show with so many things that I didn't tag it with. What about the soul agreement that Damar Hanlon had every one of us with literally millions of people? That can happen too with big events. There are individuals, and we've seen many examples. They can be people nobody knows. 
something happens. They could be a leader. They could be someone who's on a darker path of some kind, and then that leads to some catalyst, one would hope. In fact, during the second part of this show, which will go off the live stream, maybe I'll manage to read one um, passage. In fact, I think I will try where sometimes something really dark happens and we need to find forgiveness. My reaction could have been blame immediately. And although I did pay attention to that aspect of what happened, I chose to hold it at bay. Um, And, you know, when something very dark happens, Um, One response to when we really plummet in some way and we need to recover as a society is to find forgiveness. And, yes, I am going to fit this into the live show. It's so important. I've mentioned it before, and I've actually talked about it before. I've read part of this before. This is from Immaculate Ilibajiza's book, Left to Tell. And I'm only going to read a short, very short passage, but I'm going to discuss What happened, she was in Rwanda, and most of her family was killed. And she herself um, managed to survive because she was hidden in a bathroom for a very long time um, by a priest. And um, she had to go through a journey while there of, you know, being very unhappy. And she could have fallen into hate against the people who had caused this, and I'm just going to say, I can't read the whole thing, but there's a passage at the end where she encounters in prison a man who was kind of a leader, even though he had just been a regular neighbor before, and she could have been very hateful. And she said um, when she encountered him, He looked up at me for only a moment, but our eyes met. I reached out, touched his hands lightly, and quietly said what I'd come to say. I forgive you, later she said when asked, how could you forgive somebody like that after what he did? In fact, it says, this is what the guard said. That was the man who murdered your family. And just terrible things. Obviously, those of us who know the history, there have always been some very dark moments in history where very dark things occur. And also in the current day. I answered him with the truth. Forgiveness is all I have to offer. Now, not everyone can get themselves to that point. And to be fair... Immaculate went through a tremendous journey herself with her own emotions. But ultimately, the only way that we can heal is to find a space of understanding and forgiveness and moving on. It doesn't mean that there is not accountability on the planet. There is. In fact, in this case, this man was actually in prison in this scene. But she could have chosen, in fact, I think um, she could have any, she could have chosen any kind of reaction. And yet, for her, she needed to forgive. 
Does that excuse everything that happened? Of course not. But we're going to be talking more about forgiveness in this new year as it's a really important theme and also communication and understanding and building bridges to try to understand multiple perspectives because we're not going to move forward as a world and as a society and as people in general unless we find a way to more productive ways of dealing with our divisions. And there are those who can provide lessons for that. So the live show is going to be going down briefly here in a minute. I just want to remind, I will continue on. I have another couple of passages, and I'll read, I'll talk some more, I'm sure. But I want to thank those of you who have been here live with me today. I want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show. I see it's been featured. I haven't been paying attention because I'm, I'm very focused on the program itself, but I see that they've been um, featuring it in live spirituality. And, um, yes, it's on the home page as well today, and I'm very thankful for that. Once again, those of you who just happen to wander in, you can listen to the rest of the podcast as well after FrontierBeyondFear.com, and I will be here live again next week. That is my plan, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday is the normal time for this show. Thank you for being here, live audience. So now I'm going to continue on for those of you who are listening across time and perhaps have been listening across time to this entire podcast. Um, And know, as I often remind you, you are here, present with me. We cannot, in the space of the omnipresent divine, which is real, be separated by space or by time. There is no separation. And even if you don't think about the omnipresence of all that is, um, I'm here right now speaking directly to you across time. In fact, when I was a child, I'll tell you a story. I haven't told this one in a while. Um, I used to send messages to my future self, you know, just acknowledge my future self and kind of Send a hello. It wasn't like a detailed message. Like, how are you doing? How's your life? Here I am. I'm 10 years old. How old are you? Across time. And sometimes, just the other day, I had forgotten. I don't do it very often anymore. I'd send the energy right back because I know that I was there, you know, communicating with my future self. That's a fun exercise that we can do, and we can do it at any age. I can communicate to my future self from here and just send send support. Sometimes, have you ever thought about sending love and encouragement to yourself at a time when you really needed it? Energetically, you can be here literally for yourself and certainly for others too. So there's a little bit of um, a glimpse into how we can think about time in a non Um, binding way that um, linear time 
the way we think of it is really an illusion. But with that said, how we progress upon this earth, because I can't speak for what it'll be like on the other side. I have some other theories about that, and I've actually done a show on this before, and I'm not going to get into all of that right now, because I do have some really interesting observations from my own experience about how the the rules of linear time will necessarily be broken across the veil. And so assumptions we make no longer hold up. Um, and I don't, I think that's only logical, but I'm not going to get into that. Maybe I'll do another show on time and multidimensionality and what it really means. Um, I'll do another program about that this year as well. I'm looking forward to the new year of shows ahead. There are plenty of things to talk about. Now, I also wanted to talk about sometimes a fall can have to do with something like in life where a job ends. I know that I've been reading. Um, if, you, if any of you are on LinkedIn, that's a great source to see news stories about who is laying off people and I think there are people out in the audience that have been laid off based on what I'm seeing. There are several companies, especially in the technological sector, and um, there are a number of companies laying off. I've also heard reports that although there are new jobs, some of those new jobs and more and more, unfortunately, are people having to take on second jobs and even third jobs in some cases because of the cost of living going up, and they tend to be, um, you know, relatively simple jobs in that because that's really the only way. And boy, you know, this is going to relate to how I would talk about a different kind of a fall is um, when a career or a, a something, a job that, um, you know, we've put a lot into ends, no matter how it ends. I mean, often, and this is certainly true in my case, um, you know, we play a part in what we're willing to tolerate, that too. That certainly can happen. Um, and um, often it's a combination of factors where there's a push and we put, um, you know, we really do stand firm in what we're willing to tolerate. So there are a lot of different circumstances that can occur but however it comes about, it can often feel like a blow to our egos, for one. And so finding um, the best, finding something to be thankful for, like finding where do you want to go next, it's almost always a catalyst. But be careful. It may not be what you think it is. If you're in a, you know, a really well-paying prof professional position of some kind and that ends, Maybe you're done with that world, and maybe you'll find a way to live more simply. Or maybe you don't know what to expect, and there's some challenges ahead. There can be, like with any unexpected thing that befalls us, that word again. We can blame a lot. Oh, how have we went? I have gone through that, too. There, there are dysfunctional people in the world for sure and you know it's natural at first to have to go through i believe there's kind of a process 
I mean, we can try to be the best people we can be, and that's a noble, noble goal, but it's pretty normal for us to go through an entire array of emotions. And I think that although there are ways that that can become very um, disabling for us, it also helps to go through a process because if we deny our emotions, it could take longer to go through them. Immaculate Ilipajiza, um she talks earlier in her book about the emotions that she had to work through. She didn't just instantly arrive um, to this noble way of looking at things through forgiveness. It was a process for her. So part of it is we have to honor our processes, honor our fears. Fear is real, but we can learn to have a more productive relationship with it. I was not unafraid last Sunday night, but I also, because I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. I mean, I seemed okay, but I wasn't sure. Um, and you, I placed my trust in the divine. That's how, you know, I put on the, type, the description of this show, how can our spiritual paths assist us? Well, clearly... It helps us to trust. I trust in my soul journey. And I also trust in the soul journeys of everyone around us. And I also chose, you know, there was no need to alarm people or, you know, overreact. I was just processing what was coming. And so, you know, I didn't immediately um, tell anyone who might worry about me, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I saw no reason, although I made sure that, you know, at least someone knew about it. So how we can fall can arise in different ways. And it can also feel like we have fallen and even fallen flat on our face, so to speak, which, um, yeah, I know what that's like now, trip and fall, although I didn't quite fall all the way down, thank God, that would have been worse had I, I didn't hit my forehead at all or, um, you know, but yeah, you can feel like we fell flat on our face in a symbolic way. And do we brush ourselves off and get up? Maybe we can't get up right away. Well, if you can't, you're in that moment. You have to do your best. And, um, you know, my path said get up. You know, I wanted to get up right away. I wasn't going to stay down. And that really did happen to me as well when my more traditional career ended, although I never could have known, you know, it wasn't going to be just the all roses ahead and so easy. But not very long after, although it took a couple years, um, I started this program. But I did immediately, um, within a month, um, start working in the spiritual community. Um, that's how quickly. Um, I think... Anyone who takes on that kind of independent work may not know at first that it's a journey. Um, I do believe there can be miraculous things that happen, and they have to me, but I think part of my own lesson 
was to learn how to live in a simpler way. And so it makes it easier now um, when maybe more of us are being called to live in a simpler way. And then you find out that you really didn't need what you thought you did or your phase of life is different. I mean, to be fair, when we're raising a family, you know, we have people depending on us. It's a different situation um, when that's happening. And so, you know, your circumstances dictate what you're able to do. But ultimately, I feel on my own path, I was led to a simpler way to be, even as I still work in simple ways. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, I had um, the job that I had. I had really fulfilled every dream that I could possibly have had in the corporate world. It was that kind of a job and a leadership, a corporate leadership role in just the kind of way that I wanted, um, even though I had been a computer scientist, and I really fulfilled that career as well, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but just um, in terms of facilitating change, helping people communicate, being in a leadership role, it was really a good job. But it was also the time of the recession, and that influence. It, the job was really probably considered fluff, not to mention there were other things that occurred where, you know, I really um, advocated for for what was right in a situation, and that doesn't always um, serve you well, unfortunately. Um, and there were dysfunctional people and functional people. I mean, both. There were some good people, but due to the um, situation in the economy, it just wasn't to be. And there was even another option, which was not a good one, and where some really dysfunctional stuff occurred, and I wasn't willing to tolerate that. I had, I really wasn't. So <laughs> I didn't mean to talk about that too much. Um, but the thing is, there could be a lot of drama. Do you feel just a glimpse of the drama? Yes. There could have been even more drama, but I chose to walk away without too much. That was my choice. And I was ready to go into the spiritual community without really knowing what that would mean. And I was incredibly optimistic. And there were synchronicities happening, and it was supportive of the path. But it still ultimately meant that I needed to simplify. And those simplifications ultimately, um, well, there were lessons that I needed to see and also just to to learn to be in a different way, to realize that we don't need as much as we think and we can be even more happy. It's sort of like releasing baggage sometimes, and I still have more to release in some ways, but there are ways, and whatever is next on our adventure will show us something else. We don't know what's around the corner. What person might we meet? What situation may we be in? What people in general? It doesn't have to be some pivotal person. Just the people that are right around the corner, even virtually. 
And I have found that in my spiritual path and in the simple work that I do. And I was able to satisfy my quest for leadership in the volunteer realm. And I also thought, well, you know, this would facilitate me maybe taking on a different type of position um, in leadership. And that turned out not to be, even though I did apply for some things that, um, but yeah, I mean, I took on a significant leadership role in a nonprofit and, you know, ran a very large community festival, both, well, in different ways, being on a board in different roles and eventually as president of the organization. And so, and all the, all the while learning things that were very important. And some of those were skills that may have led to some other position and still may lead to some work, but somehow the part, some of it's ego, but it's not just ego, the part of me that aspired to that kind of a role was satisfied. And it's okay if we have lofty goals. I'm not done with my goals. Like, I don't think that my aspirations as a writer are satisfied yet, or as a communicator, or as a facilitator, or as a speaker, as in the ways that I might choose to speak, as a teacher, maybe is a better way to put it. And I think that it's helpful for us to have goals and things that hopes and dreams that we have throughout our lives. I will never give up on my hopes and dreams. I have always in my life wanted to write, and I have written in a number of ways that aren't all visible, but I really um, love the way that they've unfolded, and someday beyond even my own life, maybe they will be. And um, so in many ways, I have written, so to speak, but there are more ways to write and to share. I fell, in a way. I also leapt, in a way, at the same time. First there was a fall, and then I just joined in on the leap. (laughs) And in other ways, I was pushed. It's like every time I thought I was going to maybe try to reach back up to that old corporate career, I'd somebody, something else, some dysfunctional thing would just push me right back or something just wouldn't work. Or, um, But yeah, the things that we're unwilling to tolerate as well. So I did have another poem to read that I opened my book today. I'm back in this And not to repeat, I'm so glad that we got um, um, a little bit of a different kind of reading into today's show as well, because I have been so wanting to read from Immaculate Elipagesa's work, and she is quite amazing, and maybe we'll read more from her in the future. But also, I opened in my book... Today, I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to read. Um, Something from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who lived between 1803 and 1882. It seems I I keep coming back to two writers quite often, Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. 
and today is no exception. Um, and this is in a poem called The Sphinx. And he's talking within a particular way of understanding, uh, a particular religious paradigm, which I invite you to take more generally as well. Um, let's see. Now I'm now I'm having trouble finding the place. This is a very, very long poem. Or not very, very long, but too long to read here. I'll just read this this part and see, because this is really where I turned this page. To vision profounder, man's spirit must dive. His eye-rolling orb at no goal will arrive. The heavens that now draw him with sweetness untold once found for new heavens, he spurneth the old. Yeah, I think that's really what I was supposed to read. Basically, that talks about releasing the old and discovering the new. What miraculous thing is right around the corner when you think you've had a setback and, you know, you have in some way. What's next? What's next? What does your heart tell you? What would you like to be doing? Maybe you can't do it right away, but you can start to step towards it. I may take my entire life to write the way I would like to write, and maybe I never will quite do it in the way that I might aspire, but it keeps me going forward. Just that dream of mine. And other dreams have really been fulfilled, and that's great. Um, I was quite ambitious when I was younger, and, and, you know, other things too. Let's not forget, you know, being a mother. I mean, how important is that? And I made significant choices um, when circumstances made it very clear I needed to be home when my child was young. I feel that is a wonderful thing if that is your choice and that's what will provide, you know, that is a choice. And often it's a choice that circumstances bring into being as well. And at the time I kept working to a degree um, at home, but there's no question I I let go some of my career aspirations. There's nothing wrong with that, and we judge it in this current world. People need to be able to make their own choices, and we cannot judge those choices because no one was more career-oriented than I was (laughs) um, early on, and yet I needed to be home, and I gave that up, Um, and it was okay. I did find my way back to it in a different way. I don't know what my career would have been like without it, but I will never regret that. And there were many, many gifts from it, including the opportunity to be more, to volunteer more in my community. And I'm grateful as well to have been in a situation where I could do that. And I've even done that when 
really, I probably wasn't in a situation where it was wise to do that, but I was called to do it, and I did it, and there was a reason, and I don't have any regret. That was later in life. Something fell down here. Okay. Let's see. This one is by Henry David Thoreau, and it's called The Inward Morning. And I am going to read this this entire poem. It's not too long, but um, Henry David Thoreau lived between 1840, 1817 and 1862. The Inward Morning Packed in my mind Lie all the clothes Which outward nature wears and in its fashions hourly change, it all things else repairs. In vain I look for change abroad, and can no difference find, till some new ray of peace uncalled illumines my inmost mind. What is it gilds the trees and clouds and paints the heavens so gay, but yonder fast abiding light with its unchanging ray? Lo, when sun streams through the wood upon a winter's morn, where'er his silent beams intrude, the murky night is gone. How could the patient pine have known the morning breeze would come, or humble flowers anticipate the insect's noonday hum, till the new light with morning cheer from far streamed through the aisles and nimbly told the forest trees for many stretching miles. I've heard within my inmost soul such cheerful morning news. In the horizon of my mind have seen such orient hues as in the twilight of the dawn when the first birds awake are heard within some silent wood where they the small twigs break or in the eastern skies are seen before the sun appears the harbingers of summer heats which from afar he bears. That was by Henry David Thoreau, and it's called The Inward Morning, and it tells us to, to, to look for the spring. This is true in life. We may be in winter, but the spring is right around the corner. He talks, and I turned to this poem, by the way. I didn't go looking for it, but I don't think I've ever read it. Uh, maybe. I don't really remember it. Um, this is very relevant to our topic here, how the sun, you can't even see it before it rises, and yet it's coming. Yet it's coming. The sun will rise. Spring will come. And on a soul level, we are loved 
so very much. We are loved so very much that there's nothing that can happen that can take away the dawn. If things hadn't gone so well, it was pretty dangerous what happened to me last week. And I might not have been here anymore, or I might have been in some level of impairment where I couldn't. There would have been a reason. There would have been a reason. Maybe I would have gone through a winter of sorts. But there would have been something to learn. And really, there's never really that deep of a winter anymore because we have spirituality to help us. Because miracles occur even in those difficult spaces. And we can attest to that so many times. And I know I've seen it. And yes, as I started this show, you'll discover things to be thankful for, even just incredible miracles that practically, um, you know, just leave you in a state of awe. That can happen and does happen because spirituality is real. We have lived it. We feel it. We know it. There are things that happen that cannot be explained in any materialistic way. And we have been witness to these things in our lives. We have been witness to these things in the world. Many people are saying now that Damar Hamlin's recovery is a miracle. Oh, some will say you can't prove that. No, no. There are some things that are provable, and I've witnessed it, where things just disappear. And how do we know? We don't know everything that was happening over there. There could be some really miraculous things going on that can't be explained. Many of us have witnessed firsthand and experienced firsthand healings that have no explanation whatsoever, even accompanied by huge synchronicities, in my case with a loved one, a song coming on the intercom in a waiting room, when you wish upon a star, and then something that was um, clearly there had disappeared. And the same thing happened to me at one point in my life, and many people can attest to this. Healing does occur. Sometimes it doesn't happen as quickly as we think. Sometimes we really are meant you know, it's time. You know, we all have people we know who maybe it, their path was eased in some way, we can hope. But, you know, your soul's journey is your soul's journey. We are here as long as we are meant to be. And then we continue. And where we go is the embrace of such incredible, unconditional love where there is no judgment, no anger, pure, divine, unconditional love. Only understanding and empathy for our soul's journey. That's what awaits. And our own recognition 
of our journey. And however we think about what is next, and I do believe that we have a hard time articulating that in world in in worlds, yeah, in words too, in a non-linear environment where the rules that seem to to hold us here are no longer in play. How much they are in play in this world is yet to be known, that too, but that starts a whole new topic. So uh, we are at the hour now. Thank you for those of you listening to the podcast. It is my hope this year where I will get this show on a few more syndicates. Um, Coming up in the weeks ahead, I think next week, I will be here at my regular time. The next two weeks after that, though, the the time might be slightly different. But given that we just took a break, I do intend to do the program those weeks. So just, you know, pay attention to the schedule um, as to to when those programs will be. And I am very happy to have you with me in this new year or wherever or whenever you are listening across time. Take care, everyone, and I look forward to being with you again.